Grüß Gott und ihr seid alle herzlich willkommen zum Deutschland SST Convo. Uh, hello, I'm Haniel Gertz. I'm a senior and I'm going to pass the mic on to the next person. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm a senior. I'm Cameron Hess and I'm a junior. Nate Sprunger and I'm graduated. I'm Jeff Hostetler. I'm a senior. I'm Justin Beach. I'm Emily Schantz, I'm a junior. I'm Aubrey Hauser, I'm a junior. Abby Wiles, senior. Janelle Cook, I'm a junior. I'm Becca Friesen, and I'm a junior. Jessica Brubaker, I'm a senior. Is uh, Jesse Rohr in here at all? No? Okay, well he was also part of our group, as well as Aaron Brandeberry and Adam Schellenberg, who are not with us today. Our leaders were Joanne Brandt and Joe Springer. Last May, our group of 15 flew across the Atlantic and took a five-hour bus trip to arrive in Jena, our study location. Jena is located in former East Germany in the heartland state of Thuringen. The city of 100,000 people is nestled in a valley along the Sale River with surrounding mountains perfect for hiking, walking, and biking. The young atmosphere of Jena is attributed to the presence of the Friedrich Schiller University. While we were there, the weather often surprised us, true to most of Germany, so we experienced rain-soaked city tours, days of extreme heat, pleasant breezes during hikes, and everything in between. Our group commuted mostly by tram to a Christian high school for classes with our three teachers, Beata, Kristal, and Regina Werner. On Tuesdays, we hopped on a train or a bus for our day trips to notable cities in former East Germany, some of which included Erfurt, Weimar, Eisenach, Naumburg, Buchenwald, and Berlin. One of the things that makes Jena such an important city for the SST to visit is its technological and um, cultural history. <clears throat> In fact, like, the history of Jena is still affecting most of us, even if we don't know it. Um, Jena is the birthplace of opt optical glass, improved microscopes, um, the planetarium, and uh, many other smaller discoveries. Um, many of us find Zeiss lenses in our digital cameras today, as well as most of the world's modern planetariums were manufactured in Jena. Otto Schott, Ernst Abbey, and Carl Zeiss are three of the main scientists that contributed to the technology from Jena. Another influence from Jena is its cultural philosophers like Goethe and Schiller and their influence on romantic thought. Their poetic descriptions of Jena's environment was important to the formation of romantic poetry and romantic philosophy. All these contributing factors make Jena an ideal place to experience Germany. My name is Camry Hess and I'm going to be reading a reflection that I have over the six weeks that, we, that I spent with my family in Jena and then the six weeks that I spent on service in Bad Zulza. It's called Unexpected Gifts. Before you leave for SST, you have many group meetings. Over and over, I heard that students and leaders should keep an open mind. As much as you prepare yourself, you cannot truly know what to expect. My family consisted of my father, Winfried, 
my mother, Andrea, and three sisters, two in high school and one in middle school. After meeting them, I was expecting to have some kind of interaction with my siblings. Nope, they did their own things. And as it turned out, it was my father who had some interest in common with me. We would go to the local bars and watch soccer games on the TVs. I love soccer. I explore Erfurt, the capital of Turingen, which is a state in Germany that we were located in. Go biking, hiking, and play badminton in the street for hours. He was the one who showed me incredible patience and understanding as I adjusted to a new language, family setup, culture, and expectations. For service, I worked at the Sophia Clinic in Bad Sulza with Laura Rogi. Um, Bad Sulza is a village with about 3,000 people. Laura and I had very different work schedules. We would work at um, total opposite times of the day, so I had about 16 hours a day to fill myself. Our contact person there was uh, the head of the clinic, and so he was busy and doing his own stuff. And the two women who lived on our hallway who were doing service there were gone most of the time, so I was free to do whatever I wanted, and I ended up um, doing lots of running and biking and hiking over the local mountain. And it, would, it felt really good to finally be able to know an area visually, something that was familiar. But the best gift of all was getting to know to talk, was getting to know and talk with my host aunt and uncle Norbert and Kirsten Preuss. Norbert gave encouragement and enthusiasm to Becca and I through his spirited and animated speeches. And Kirsten told us stories about Devenda, the turn that occurred around 1990, and how it shifted her job expectations and the government setup and how she dealt with that. Coming back to Goshen. I have found after SST that I'm more focused. I have more confidence from these experiences and advice that will help me as I go to grad school and begin my career after that. It was less the advice from the grace and belief that these people showed us that put me in awe. I am very thankful for the opportunity to have known them. The first animals I saw when approaching my service location, Shulandheim Suten, were a flock of curious llamas peering over the fence at me. I stared unabashedly back. Taking care of llamas was one of the last things I expected to do while in Germany. The Schulandheim was a horse riding school, small zoo, and dormitory all rolled into one, where students from nearby schools could come spend a week learning about nature and absorbing the healthy country air. Formerly an East German horse breeding farm, the Schulandheim still employs generations of East German workers, one of whom has been there since the 1960s. Here, Becca and I got a good dose of German work ethic. We got up at 6.30, fed the animals, and shoveled their manure. Then we took a breakfast break, then we fed the animals again, then we took a lunch break, then we shoveled more poop all afternoon, then we took another break, then we fed the animals again, and then we got another break before we finally ate supper around 7.30. Hard work was balanced out with hardcore relaxation. Breakfast and lunch usually took at least an hour, nap time was a couple hours, and before supper we always had a coffee break with our coworkers that lasted one or two hours. Not to mention there wasn't much to do on our days off. We didn't have television, radio, we were in a village that had more horses than people, so <laughs> there's a lot of introspection time. And in addition, we also, a lot of workers would take breaks with cigarettes in between, which we did not smoke. We just talked. 
Um, one of my biggest struggles on service was learning how to be a bully. It turns out that llamas, camels, emus, and horses are all really big, and most of them weren't very excited to get out of my way so I could shovel their poop. Animals were constantly shoving, glaring, spitting, and hiss hissing at me, but most often I was simply ignored. I tried everything. Poking, asking nicely, asking nicely in German, <laughs> running away and asking Jessica to move them. Eventually, one of my bosses saw my pitiful attempts at moving a horse and stopped in. Bluda fared, she yelled, and followed up with a long string of German verbal abuse, <laughs> culminating in a swift kick to the horse's rump. And the horse immediately did what she wanted. It was amazing. This was something my Mennonite parents had never taught me about how to do. <laughs> We put together a list of things you should know about Germany, and I'll start with food. You should know um, for breakfast, there's meat and bread. For lunch, there's bread, or bread, potatoes, meat, and meat sauce to go on the potatoes. And for dinner, there's more bread and meat. Some of it was really good, though. Um, the history of Germany was really amazing. It's layers upon layers of fascinating, world-changing events. Um, and on a smaller scale, I think a lot of us experienced that our host parents were like personal tour guides as they took us on hikes and trips around Jena. It was virtually impossible to be bored. The hairstyles. Black, bleach, striped, chunks of pink, maroon, or blue were acceptable colors for everyone. Uneven bobs and cuts reminiscent of a mullet with just a touch more style were seen all over the city. One thing you need to know about when you're in Germany is the yearly Leipzig Goth Convention. This is a place where you can see more corsets, hoop skirts, parasols, and black than you will ever see in a lifetime anywhere else. You will also hear a lot of very terrible electronica dark wave music. So be prepared. <laughs> that it's extensive and extremely punctual. So if you're two seconds early, you make it. If you're two seconds late, you don't. And so my first day of class, I definitely was 10 minutes late. Hiking was a popular pastime, and many of us had the opportunities to go on what our host families called short walks that lasted about three hours. Clothes, or lack thereof. As a general stereotype, Europeans are more comfortable with their bodies and showing them than Americans are, especially the Mennonite Americans. Um, swimming naked and sunbathing naked receive no disapproving glares, and older men walk through malls shirtless, clad in sandals and short shorts made from old jeans. Um, another one was Ostalgi. It's kind of a um, the nostalgia of the former East under uh, socialist rule, communist rule. Um, and because there was so few um, of a variety of things, um, such as like the Trobbies were cars that everyone shared and you had to like have a wait list of five years to get one, um, people actually looked back on that kind of fondly. And, you know, I remember my host dad saying, um, yeah, the, this is the car I waited in line, you know, five years to get. And um, 
So they kind of joke about that, much like I think our generation uh, remembers Full House and like Family Matters as uh, terrible sitcoms that are near and dear to us. So. Organization and order, undoubtedly a virtue in the German culture, to the extent of my host family having tags where everyone hangs their towel. The country-sized perception of America. This was a problem for Germans. Their country takes only a few hours to drive across and only a couple more hours to drive from the top to the bottom. So uh, oftentimes when explaining where I lived and telling them I lived near Chicago and then letting them know that I was two and a half hours away from Chicago, they told me, no, 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 that's not near. But then they didn't understand why I wasn't driving out to Las Vegas on a weekend basis. Um, <laughs> Another question that we would get a lot that showed that they weren't quite understanding how big we were was uh, they'd frequently ask me what type of weather we have in America at this time of year. Okay, and finally we have PDA, which is excessive, especially in Jena, which was a university town. Um, at first it seemed a little cute because the guys were always doting on the girls, but then it just got really annoying seeing these couples hanging all over each other in public. I took pictures. <laughs> okay. So for service, I had the opportunity to go to Christus Bruderschaft Selbitz, um, which is a Lutheran convent, not a nunnery. It's got sisters and not nuns. And when I was first asked to do this by Joe early on, um, I was a little intimidated. Let me read you the schedule that he gave me. 6.15, morning prayer. Um, then you have breakfast on your own and some just introspection in your room. 8.10, you begin work. Um, 11 o'clock was a short prayer, uh, like around the cross in the chapel. 11.10, you go back to work. Uh, 12 o'clock is um, lunch. 2 o'clock, you go back to work. 5 o'clock, you have still time. 5.20 is evening prayer. 6 o'clock, supper. And 7.30 was activities that you could do. Um, so I wasn't quite sure about this, but I just decided to go ahead and do it. And it was the best decision I made because, um, I don't know, it was just a really great service for me. Um, it gave me the opportunity to try out being in a convent for a while, except not actually committing and being a sister. And I got to know and love all the sisters that I was with. They all, I know it sounds weird, but they all have different personalities, even though they all wear the same thing. It's pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory, but it was a great time. Um, I worked in the garden, picking almost every kind of berry you can think of, and also doing other things like mulching, uh, weird, like picking weird rhododendron things off. It was a bunch of stuff. And I also helped out in the kitchen uh, drying dishes. And um, one of my main concerns before I chose to do it as service was that there wouldn't be anyone my age there and I wasn't going with anyone. But actually, they had an um, FSU unit, and FSU is a free social year for German teens. So I got to hang out with the teens and do a lot of fun stuff. Like um, some evenings we would go to Das Loch, which was a German underground youth church. I got to, I got to know a lot of German praise hymns. It was fun. Um, and I loved it and I want to go back and I would become a sister if it wasn't for the fact that I want to get married.
Um, Nate and I went to Gubin, which is a town um, on the border between Germany and Poland. And thanks. And um, <laughs> and kind of if you if you want to describe how we how we got there, um, we had to take like a three-hour train ride. <laughs> Germans like to talk with their hands; they're very animated. Um, we took this three-hour train ride, and we could kind of see. Uh, the landscape getting like darker and darker. I think it was the rain clouds that were like coming overhead. And maybe you've seen a picture of this um, in in the uh, slideshow here. But there was this huge power plant that when we were like I don't know 15 minutes away from Goob, and we're like, oh my gosh, we are in the center of like I don't know just old Soviet you know industrialism and uh, yeah. So we weren't sure what to expect basically. Uh, Gubin is a very impoverished town. A reunification uh, was actually really bad for it because um, most of the industries just couldn't quite keep up with uh, the Western, uh, more industrialized, uh, uh, more efficient plants. And uh, therefore, I think approximately 25% of the city is, is unemployed. And the big problem there is not so much um, welfare, which the German welfare state um, is actually pretty decent. Uh, you get free cable TV and, and free internet. Uh, at least, at least in this, in our certain area. Um, but we worked with the Salvation Army in a um, old kindergarten in the center of this this compound. Um, and the the biggest problem there are are the the social structures and and the breakdown of uh, just family. Kids ages as young as six, ages all the way up to fourteen, uh, would come to our after school program, uh, basically just to stay off the streets. And we would continually hear stories about um, a father who, instead of buying a loaf of bread for his family, would just buy a pack of beer. Um, it's uh, seven-year-olds who have tasted alcohol and uh, just engaging in all types of activity and uh, other fathers in the, in the compound that had multiple girlfriends. So it was really... Um, Sad, and in the midst of that, you had children that were really longing for affection and, and for care, and to be able to give that to them, um, also in the, the sense of sadness, letting them go at the end of the day, knowing that we could never fully replace their parents um, and, and the love that they should have received. That's really sad. Oh. <laughs> Blood moves the wheels of history. Dwight K. Schrute. An acceptance speech at a sales conference. <laughs> the Office season two. We got a chance to watch a lot of Office over there in our spare time. Uh, so we have a lot of phrases like that. In fact, we watched a lot of Talladega nights too. But um, anyway, I, I want to, on a, a, a lighter note, talk about some of the fun that we had while we were in Gubin. Some of the places that we, that we got a chance to go to. We, we stayed with these two angels uh, of women that uh, allowed us to go to a lot, of, at the first... Saints. They were saints. Saints. Yeah. Saints. Absolutely. Sorry. Um, they allowed us to go to a lot of places. When we first got there, it seemed like the rules were going to be awful strict. Uh, the Salvation Army um, had a very distinct way of, of doing things, and we weren't sure whether we were going to get a chance to go anywhere. But uh, after we, a little bit of schmoozing, uh, we were able to... To head down to Drazen to their Salvation Army, actually, we uh, had a two-hour ride with a monk, uh, who I thought I thought monks were supposed to be quiet, but that was a 
pretty talkative ride. Uh, and then uh, we went on a, uh, a bicycle ride to uh, Frankfurt on the Oder. It's a, it's a river. And uh, on, on bicycles, single speed bicycles, reminiscent to that of what uh, Mary Poppins would drive or something like that. Um, got a chance to go to Berlin for a second time. We went with the group and we got a chance to go. We went to Cottbus. Poland was an interesting experience. We went over there four times, I think once just to get some McDonald's. Um, to uh, Klosterkirche, and then we went to uh, Spreewald. Let's see, is there anything else I left out? So we got a chance to do a lot of things uh, in spite of all the hardships that we went through, all the, all the tough moments that we spent with those kids, and, and it, it really wound up being a great experience. In fact, uh, the two ladies joke with us still that they're going to come... Uh, they're going to come within this year. Actually, I'm beginning to think they're not joking anymore. Yeah, so. I don't think so. <laughs> they're going to just pop in and surprise us one of these days. But it was really a great experience, and uh, glad I got to spend time getting to know Jeff and getting to know kind of some of the hardships in Germany, even though everybody thinks it's, you know, it's a first-world country and they have plenty of money over there, but there's, there's still poverty. On a side note, the relationships continue. I just received a Christmas card from uh, an 81-year-old lady that helps support the Salvation Army there. Um, she was a former actress, and she sent me pictures of her now, and she also sent me a picture of her scantily clad when she was 27 in kind of a actress-type pose. So um, apparently I have a friend in Germany now that uh, wants me to come back to visit. I keep it in my wallet, so that's good. Um, Aubrey and I were on service together. We went to a little village, maybe between two and three hundred people. It was called Folkenroda. Um, it was an old monastery. It kind of served as a retreat center for youth groups and um, just tourists and guests. So Aubrey and I did a lot of cleaning and dishes and preparing meals and more dishes, um, basically all day, um, of course with plenty of coffee and cake breaks. And um, just to portray the great people that we met, both of us really fell in love with this area and the nature around Folkenrode is gorgeous. I can't even explain. Um, so the best way we could think to document our service was to create a book. Um, we chose 12 of the people that we met, um, students our age and faculty members, to um, conduct interviews in German, which was a little difficult many times, but we survived and um, we put a book together of 12 interviews of people and their um, portraits. And I believe there are a couple of photos up on the um, slideshow of that. We have about five minutes left. We're just going to take some time real quick and share some of our uh, favorite experiences. Who wanted to go first? Uh, riding along to pick up a patient for the drug rehab center I worked at on service, I accidentally asked um, the driver if we were lost. Well, what I thought we were, uh, what I thought was, are we lost? When I actually asked Kirsten Verloben, which is, are we engaged? <laughs> okay, I guess um, mixing of words is common in German because there's several memories like that, including mine. When uh, one day in class, when our teacher asked us what we did on the weekend, I said that Becca and I went to hell. (laughs) 
Um, one thing about Germany is that they're really big on recycling. They actually have to recycle. If you don't recycle, then you get charged money. So they have like six different trash containers. And it's very important that you put the right thing in the right container. And so after a few times of putting the wrong thing in the wrong container and getting yelled at and having and or having my host family quietly sort it properly for me and make me feel really bad, um, I started hoarding all my trash in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> under my bed because I was really scared of throwing it away. So uh, Becca did the same thing and at the end of service we had two very large bags full of trash that we were terrified to throw away. <laughs> so we were trying to dispose of it quietly in a number of small bins placed throughout our service location when we were actually caught <laughs> and then we were forced to ask where we could throw it away. Which we then did, but uh, we definitely got some weird looks. Luckily, we got to leave an hour after that, so we don't have to live with that anymore. Uh, one thing that I remember, uh, actually, was two different occasions uh, dealing with the same thing. I got pulled over by the police uh, in Jena on my bicycle. <laughs> and then again, I got pulled over. Oh, it, it was for not having a light, so don't worry about it. Uh, and then the second time I got pulled over in Gubin for driving on the wrong side of the sidewalk. <laughs> Explain was, that one to me. Too, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun watching Jeff play dumb and getting us out of it. So. <laughs> yeah, sometimes being a foreigner has its advantages when uh, you have the, oh, I, I wasn't quite sure about international bicycle laws or something. I don't know. <laughs> So Laura and I, for service, we were in Batsilza, a village of about 3,000 people. And the first weekend we were there, Saturday night, I wake up to this oompa, oompa, oompa music. So apparently, they love to have fairs in the summer about every other weekend. And they have two types of music that they would play. The oompa, oompa German music and American country music sung by a native German speaker. So you can't tell what the words are. So that's what we listen to until 2 AM on the weekends. One thing that is um, known for SST groups traditionally is that you can sing hymns really well and you, you know, that brings you together and the groups in the country really appreciate it and there's a tradition that the German SST group sings in the bottom of the cathedral and so they asked us to do that and it our group is tuned deaf. I mean, we are just really bad and so it was really embarrassing every time we tried to sing a hymn. So yeah, our uh, group song was Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> Um, my favorite memory would have to be the wind generators that are scattered all across uh, Germany. I made regular hikes to these, and it's really hard to convey the vast scale of these things until um, you try to reach one. Um, the longest hike ended up being something in the area of 12 hours long, and I'll do a short summary. Hour zero, put on heavy coat. Even though it is summer, this is horsefly country. I don't want to get eaten alive. Hour one, reach the first cluster of three windmills and take a rest to read some Ayn Rand. Hour four, halfway across the valley, reached swamplands. <laughs> Hour five, made it through swamplands, found shoes again. Now I'm at a creek. There is a bullpen to the left and there is another creek to the right wade across, holding my backpack above my head, find out it is three feet deeper than I thought due to the muck. 
throw backpack up the bank, crawl on belly through stinging nettles. <laughs> Hour six, reached another town. It looks like this is the last town before the windmills. Hour seven, reached another town. This is definitely the last town before the windmills. Hour eight, another town. I'm kind of giving up on this now. Starting up the hills again. Hour nine, finally reached the windmills. Hike to the middle of the cluster of 40 windmills and sit on top of the mountain. Can see the entire valley. There is a road leading right to the windmills from where I started. <laughs> Um, hour 12, made it back in three hours, stopping for 45 minutes for pizza along the way. Um, probably should have researched the hike better. So, um, but yes, that's my wind generator memory. So, yeah. I think we might end on that one. That was awesome. I just wanted to point out, uh, FC Carlton Siena was the uh, football club there, soccer team, and um, as much as we loved them by wearing their shirts, they were horrible. Um, <laughs> it was some really, they, they weren't that good. Yeah. You want to yeah. say the joke? Oh, I'm sorry. <coughs> All right, so I was with my, uh, my host. I thought we were ending on that now. Okay, so I was with my host father, and he told me a joke about uh, Carl's Siena, and I didn't think we were going to bring it up, but um, so there's this boy that goes uh, to a counselor. His parents are getting divorced, uh, and he has to decide where he's going to go. And so, uh, you know, the mediator, the counselor, uh, says, well, son, do you want to go with your mother? He says, no, my mother beats me. Okay, well... That's terrible. Do you want to go with your father? Well, no, he hits me. Well, uh, well, who are you going to go with then? FC Carl Zeissina. They beat nobody. <laughs> Traditional crude German humor. So. Um, yeah, and like Aubrey said, uh, we weren't a musical group, and so we will finish with that. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming to the convocation. <laughs> <laughs>